Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul Schaefer. I'm Will Lee. And you You're are watching, watching the Letterman, Letterman Podcast. <laughs> Once again to the Letterman Podcast, my name is Mike Chisholm. Today's episode, another episode of Somebody in the Control Room. Uh, I just love the symmetry that is happening with this show that is not intentional. I swear to God, it's not intentional. Um, you know, we get writers who who, who cross over and, and take over for each other or write at the same time, that kind of a thing. Sometimes we get people who are in the similar departments, uh, and, then, and then there's echoes from that. We just had Amy's podcast on um, uh, the assistant to Jerry Foley. Now we've got the assistant director who sat to the right of Jerry Foley for years and years and years. Tim Kennedy, amazing episode, really fun conversation talking about um, the technical side of Late Show with David Letterman and how much it actually did, uh, you know, how much creativity and 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 uh, an energy that had to do not so much with straight lace stuff had to be in that control room because you never knew what was going to happen. A bag of tricks, I think, was one of the phrases that was uttered. Uh, Tim is just a fantastic guy. I just appreciate the heck out of him for taking time out of his day to be on the Letterman podcast. So we are proud to present our episode with assistant director to Late Show with David Letterman for a long time uh, and many, many other things as well. You'll hear about it in the show. Tim Kennedy. Tim, uh, your email, I'm not going to obviously reveal it here, but there's a TW uh, which makes me think that your middle initial might uh, start with a W. Is that is that the case? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Is it William? That's my guess. You are correct, sir. You gonna move on to my weight next? <laughs> no, no. I think I, I think I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead. Tim, thank you so much for taking time. Uh, yeah. You know, and 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 using this as as uh, uh, as a leverage point to help fill some time during your retired life these days. Thank you so much for taking time to come on the Letterman podcast. My pleasure. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, let's get the audience uh, up to speed. What years were you at Late Show with David Letterman? I was with David Letterman from 1995 to the uh, final show, 2015. Okay. Yeah, 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. Yeah. What a run. What a run. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, awesome. What uh, what were the series of events that brought you to be under the employ of David Letterman? Well, I was employed. Um, I started at CBS in 1984 and did a multitude of different shows, sports. And uh, actually, before I right before I came on to Letterman, I was the technical director for the evening news with Dan Rather for six go. years. Yeah. And um, I was the backup. Uh, TD for uh, for Letterman. I remember going over to NBC to meet Hal uh, Gurney because uh, they threw my hat in the ring. CBS and Hal, yeah, yeah, well, no, right. but Hal was always told Hal was the Hal was the best. He goes, well, I just want you show me the seventy. Because I'm probably going to be my own guy. Who was Jerry Foley, who yep. ended up being the director for twenty years. So when Foley got anointed and elevated to director, he uh, gave me a call and uh, said, uh, "Hey Kennedy." 
never called me Tim. Always called me Kennedy. We're going to talk about that. Uh, he goes, Kennedy, uh, you know, you want to come over, you know, it'll fit like a glove. And uh, I said, yeah. So I jumped at the opportunity. It's about ready to get, you know, move on to something new. And uh, yeah, turned into a, a great run, a great relationship. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, so 95 to 2015, and then rolled from that into Colbert for um, four years. Yeah. Um, you know, lots to, lots to unpack there. You know, one of the things that strikes me about, um, uh, the technical, uh, guys and gals who were part of this production, um, is, is the idea of how unfazed they could be, um, you know, on this side of the camera or this side of the control room, uh, 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 what's going on at the other side of it. You know, it could be, it could be chaos. It could be something completely entertaining. It could be shocking information. And, and you all are, 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 are just cool as a cucumber. Uh, and that's the job. Now, that being said, uh, you have this call with Jerry, come on over, you know, late show with David Letterman at the time, you know, at the zenith of really its popularity within pop culture. Um, mm -hmm. Does that, is that lost on you or is it another gig? Oh, no, no. I was very excited about it. I was a little nervous, you know, yeah. it's like anything else. I, I knew, I knew a good handful of the guys on the crew. Um, some I didn't know. So yep. it's like establishing those relationships and making sure, you know, they go well. Because I also came out over when I became the TV, I also was uh, made the tech manager. So I kind of ran the crew, but also took care of building the stage, build, you know, adding on uh, capital improvements, what have you. So it's a little bit more on the plate. Yep. Uh, but um, yeah, I was nervous. You know, as I walked into a facility and we we used different kind of switches over in the broadcast center that I worked on, you know, the button pushing. They had a different one there. And uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, it was I was a little, little nervous, but, uh, you know, excited for oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's cool. And and it seems to be that that's the case uh, for, for, for many, especially of the long-term staffers that were there. Uh, they were such fans of, of, of Dave or the program or, or whatever. Obviously, you know, having to subdue the fandom or the, the, the level of excitement because of the gig itself, because, uh, you know, it wasn't cool to be such a fan of the show, but, but a lot of you <laughs> seem to be that just that um, it's uh, it's serendipitous. I'm talking to you. Um, I literally just had a conversation yesterday and I think these two are going to go out, uh, you know, within a week of each other uh, mm -hmm. with Amy Sharon Humes, uh, you know, oh, Jerry's, Amy, yeah. Jerry's yeah. first as he ascended up, uh, yep. you know, uh, to take the big sure. chair from, from the legend that is Hal Gurney. Um, you know, he got an assistant. Well, what does an assistant yep. to, to you do? I don't know. And they, they built the job together. And, and, and so mm -hmm. having Amy on and then the very next day recording with you, um, it's very cool. I, 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 yeah. I dig it. Um, when you were with the, uh, CBS news with Dan rather, uh, broad out of the, out of the CBS broadcast center, right? Yeah. 57th Street. Yeah. Broadcast center. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm 57th. And then you move over to the Ed Sullivan theater. I'm super curious as to your perspective on the two, you know, you're at the, this is legendary broadcast center, you know, uh, the, a hub. And then you go over mm -hmm. to this theater, legendary theater. That's sort of a broadcast theater or a broadcast center for one. It's its own kind of deal with the mm -hmm. control room and all that uh was the uh was was there anything jarring in the facility change or were all the knobs and buttons pretty much the same well i really had never been in the ed sullivan theater all the years i worked at cbs prior to leading up to um so obviously how iconic it was you know elvis the beatles and we can name all the people who've been on the stage um from the technical standpoint you know it's a control room um and nothing uh 
nothing shocking. You know, a couple we moved a couple things around when I got there. I kind of changed a few things, but uh, you know, for the most part, it wasn't um, daunting. Other than it was, uh, you know, it was Letterman. That's you know, it was like it was in the and and the um, Ed Sullivan Theater was sort of like a centerpiece for for CBS. I mean, so yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It's um, it's funny looking at the way that I mean, gosh, the the evolution that you have seen in broadcasting. Um, astounding over the years from where you started mm -hmm. compared to where we're at now. You see all of these, and I'm not just going to say CBS, but you see all of these uh, corporations that own these broadcast companies that are selling off these pieces of real estate uh, and it's happening all over the place. It's, it's, it's so weird seeing that. Um, I can't imagine a time that CBS wouldn't own the Ed Sullivan theater and use it to broadcast, but boy, is it, mm -hmm. uh, it's weird seeing this happen out there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, they CBS sold the theater at one point and then bought it back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. They bought it back for Dave. Yeah. They bought it back for Dave and, you know, ransacked the place and took a theater and uh, turned it into a studio. Yep. And then on the other end, Colbert came in and took a studio and turned it back into a theater. Uh, so it's been through a lot of transitions and what have you and was happy to be part of both transitions. But uh, uh, yeah, it would be a sad day when they finally get rid of if if they get rid of um uh, you know, I, I don't know how, how, how much legs Stephen has. I'm hoping he's got another 20 years in him like Dave did. But, um, yeah, it'd be sad to see that go away. But things change, you know. Absolutely. And that, that's, uh, I was there yeah. on Friday night, actually. Uh, yeah, sorry to, I missed that. Oh, man. Uh, a the couple of the, uh, the, the, the union guys that uh, are still there from the late show days. They uh they threw us into the VIP line and 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 uh and and we got a chance I got a chance actually it, 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 uh took part in the Q and A with Stephen I asked Stephen a couple of questions about Dave uh -huh. turns out he likes this show which is uh which oh, was astounding <laughs> to me that uh that he he knew who I was and knew what we were doing here um and it was funny because one of the um commercial breaks after we'd had the Q and A and all that one of the commercial breaks before they were about to come back up he was looking around and he caught our eye again. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and he was, he was doing one of these and, and I looked up and it was, I think he was pointing up to the dome to me. And that was obviously had, having not been there, uh, right. since the Letterman days and going in there, looking at how the theater was restored. I swear to God, the sight lines seemed to be better from the, like the, the reconfigured seats or something. They did something with it, but the dome taking away all of the stuff that they had brought down to make mm -hmm. it more of a, a television studio when, when, uh, late show was there. When it turned into the to the late show with Stephen Colbert, yeah. they brought it all back. What a gorgeous, gorgeous place um, that you got to call home for, you know, decades. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a trans transformation. I mean, we figure we and quick we we went off the air on the twentieth of uh, May in yeah. two thousand fifteen, and less than little less than four months, uh, we were doing the first show for Colbert, and uh, it was quite a. Quite a quite a lot that came out of there. The stained glass windows, everything had to be stored uh, for uh, landmark preservation reasons. We had to keep the stained glass on site. They let us move it off, but um, and then they did. Uh, we worked on getting projection mapping on the dome. So we had yeah. uh, four four projectors on the dome and two on the wall, and then all this LED. The technology leap from Letterman to Colbert was was amazing. It's pretty daunting, but it all got done. I love. Um... I love echoes, uh, you know, cultural echoes, things like that. And I think about when Letterman and company, and you weren't there for, for, for that restoration, but you were with CBS. So you knew it was very much, it was happening for, for all I know, you were down there and watched some of the construction, the breakneck speed of Letterman's announcement 
uh, the official, you know, Ovitz and, and his team get Letterman, uh, you know, the gig at CBS. Um, and, and the announcement to first show in August of 93, a mm -hmm. similar pace happened at the Ed Sullivan theater. You know, it was yeah. crazy where, how, how, how far the theater had descended and what they wanted to turn it into. Um, and it's, it's interesting that both versions of the late show or late show and the late show, uh, had that similar, uh, lead up breakneck speed, mm -hmm. trying to get this, uh, impossible construction done. Of the Ed Sullivan mm -hmm. Theater, yeah, it was, and I'll tell you, all all uh, kudos go out to the CBS um, construction uh, department. I mean, those guys came in and wired and rewired and wired and rewired over the years. But the transition coming into the 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 uh, the um, uh, Ed Sullivan Theater in '93, there wasn't a control room in the basement. The the control room was up in the theater. Yeah. Um, you know, the seats were a mess. There really was old wiring, so. Um, those guys are pretty amazing construction shop and nothing would have gotten done there without those guys. And of course the main construction, the, the riggers that came in and built the scaffolding and well, for Steven, we had scaffolding all the way up to the ceiling to take yeah. everything out. But, but the construction, the uh, CBS construction uh, department. Couldn't do There's, it hey, I only got one gripe and it's, it's whoever it was that, uh, that tore out Letterman's <laughs> set and put it in the dumpsters. That's the only thing oh. that was negative about that. Oh, um, that must have diving. been really weird for you to see that that day. That night, we did. They started ripping out the seats that night. We got done with the final show, and um, the uh, props guy, you know, Pat Farmer and those guys just started ripping things out and putting stuff into the dumpster. And then they realized people were doing a lot of dumpster diving. And then they had to kind of, had to, yeah, there you There's go. one right there. You yeah. You had to secure the dumpster. Um, but, um, yeah, that was weird. Just seeing it all get ripped out and, uh, stripped down to its, uh, nakedness. I mean, everything was gone The, you know, we had the iconic red, uh, catwalks up in the ceiling yeah. and, um, they all, you know, it was, it was a lot, a lot of metal came out of there, but they got it all done. It's just amazing. Nobody got hurt. <laughs> did you keep anything? Um, did I keep anything? I actually took, um, the, we call them the staff photos, uh, yeah. From 1995 when I started the show so I got that downstairs and awesome. then I also yeah and I kept the when I left uh, Colbert I kept a, um, a, a, a picture good size picture was hanging outside my office it was uh, Joe Walsh and Joe Walsh uh, grew up in the town I, I live in and I met him a couple of times so I said I, I'm going to Tanya who was the uh, executive in charge I said can, can I take this with me for sure. So oh. I got that. And uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else really. I, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I got, I got, a, I got a little bit of something. I got some pictures and what have you, but all oh, other that's, than that, that's, I'm that's very, very neat. I, uh, yeah. I love hearing that. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a crazy transformation. And, and, and um, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. Dave was talking about it. He was on um, Steven's podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. the Strike Force Five podcast last week yep. and or two weeks sure. ago, I guess now, and um, he actually talked about they 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 the two of them talked about that and it was pretty monumental. Stephen told the story about how he got the gig and he you know um, he wanted to co confirm some some stuff with Letterman on his side of it. It was it was fascinating. Uh, the television mm -hmm. history, the broadcast history that you got to be a part of is astounding. Um, let's bring it back to the beginning again. So, so you end up working directly with Jerry Foley. He said it was going to mm -hmm. fit like a glove. Um, the, the pace of that show just absolutely breakneck. Um, 
but was it so so too is 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 evening news that's breakneck yeah. too was it the sure. same kind of pace um and the same kind of uh, uh of urgency or was it a different kind of urgency well um depending on how the day went i mean on news you know you're scripted you know you're gonna go with dan and dan what have you but yep. you know something goes wrong in the world you know the script goes out the window and next thing you know you're dialing remotes from Riyadh or wherever you're wherever you're going so that that gets a little that gets a little crazy but for the most part it's so pretty well scripted uh on the letterman side um it starts out scripted and the day goes off on a tangent you don't know you know oh we want to go up to the roof and throw pumpkins you know we want to go out on the 53rd street you know we want to go you know so um it could get chaotic. You know, a lot of people just say, ah, it's just punching cameras, you know, TVs that are out there. It's, you know, the talk show. And a little bit more than just punching cameras. You don't know what he's going to call for at the last second, you know, split yeah. screens or, you know, we had we had to have all these things in our back pocket ready to go at a moment's notice if you want to, the gliss and all that stuff, top, you know, top 10. Well, top 10s are all, are all pretty much scripted. But yeah, yeah, it was depending on the day. You know, David, David started off the show, sit at the desk and, he, we have a whole thing lined up for the first act, and he would just start talking about going to the grocery store and running into people in the aisle. And the guy, guy would walk up to him and say, "Hey, Jimmy." Obviously, his name was Dave, but anyway, yeah. yeah so <laughs> it, it, it could change. It could change from day to day, to say the least. So yeah, two different things. I had a lot of laughs on the evening news, as, as sad as some of these things could be. But yes, um, I had a real lot of laughs on Letterman. I chuckled every day. Oh, I love hearing that very, very much. Um, you know, the bag of tricks that 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 you had to have at your disposal was, uh, in my viewpoint, one of the highlights. And and of course, led by the legendary Hal Gurney from the very beginning. You know, introducing the idea that the director and the control room was actually a character in the show. You know, with the mm -hmm. you know as as it evolved over the years, the sound effects and mm -hmm. the different things, um, mm -hmm. the ability to react to something real time. Okay, so mm -hmm. let's get a camera over there. Let's get a, like, I think about, like, one of my very favorite moments of Late Show ever was the night with John McCain. And I mean, I've talked to a couple oh, people yeah. about it. I talked to Vinny <laughs> Favalli about it. I talked to other people. Yeah. Um, I just want to confirm, during Showtime, you're in the control room or you're on the stage? I'm in the control room. I'm sitting okay. next to Foley. I'm, if you know anything about a control, I'm sure yeah. been in the control room. So I would sit at the switcher. Jerry would call the shots. I'd put them together. And I, you're, okay, I so, you know, one, yeah. two, like, you're you're the guy actually execute right the, okay perfect yeah uh the, the the john mccain night i'm thinking right. about that and your switchers were going to to different spots than they normally go to but this is that that bag of tricks that you have one of the things that you have is uh you've got the feeds that are coming in from cbs uh you know in, mm -hmm. you know fed into the control room and when you realize that mccain stiffs you guys and suddenly he's sitting there with katie Kerr on yeah. the evening news yeah. Is that an easy right. switch for you? Is that just, yep, no problem like that? Or is there a couple little things you got to do to, to make that happen? Does that, or is it basic? You know, I don't know how that whole thing played out. Um, I don't know if Randy picked up on it, Randy the AD. Randy did pick out. up on it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Randy, Randy picked up on it. And, yep. um, you know, we had four lines coming in from the broadcast center that I could dial anything up. And uh, they said, hey, McCain's in 47 when he was supposed to be here with us. And he was doing the interview with, so dialed it up. You know, Foley, you know, called for it. We put it online and it was, yeah, it was. And you, know, you guys on. look like masters. You guys look like you look so good because you yeah. nail it with the perfect timing and the perfect. Yeah. It just, it was <laughs> seamless to the point where people like my favorite moments of late show were when it was like, okay, was that planned or was that not planned? And, and the, one planned. of the delights of this 
this program of the Letterman podcast has been finding out how many of these moments that looked spontaneous, but they were either planned or you were able to react to it. So it looked like it was planned and it blurred the line. It was, it was right. unbelievable how you guys did yeah. that. Yeah, that was, that was definitely not planned. That was sort of like handed to us. That was a, that was a, that was a comedy gold. It's like, Oh my God, look at this. And they went right off. And then like, McCain came on and, I guess uh, I don't know how many a few weeks later, up and kind of did the mega copa. Yeah, I oh, with, I screwed uh, up. Yeah. I screwed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh, and that's a that's a that's a prime moment. But you think about all the other times, like um, I can't wait to have anybody who did the sound effects on here too. Like like you know Dave saying something and and everyone realizing yes, and then the game show ding going off or, or no, of course you know the, <laughs> the window, you know that that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. The, and I mean, that's the stuff of that control room that just mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have existed at all at, at, at the evening mm-hmm. news, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, no, no. That wouldn't have, things on the evening news would be a little bit of a problem. <laughs> we had our own mistakes, but they weren't meant to, they weren't meant to happen. Well, okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I was going to say, mistakes. Um, any come to mind right there? Well, oh, yeah. Uh, I, well, I had one actually was uh, was pretty interesting. Um I don't know what it was, what we were doing, but we were coming back from a commercial break. And I I don't know how I did this, but I dissolved. When I came back from the break, I dissolved up. Dave was was center stage for something. I forget what it was there for. And, um, but I kind of dissolved up to a machine that we call EDE. It's kind of looking at the control room, looking at the output. So you're getting this feedback. And Dave, you know, did this with his arms. He had like these flaring arms and he was like whoa you know, and I, I scrambled to you know fix it so we wouldn't be there anymore um and you know called up the right setup you know on a button uh and then he said he wanted to see it again and <laughs> the hardest the hardest part of, of that was you know redoing a, a screw up I had, no screw idea, up. I had no idea what i did <laughs> i'm like oh, you know he goes come on kennedy yeah he wants it so but uh, we finally figured it out but um but uh, it's any other screw ups? No, I think that's probably the only one that I kind of laughed about. But um, there's probably many of them. I just can't pull any back out of no, my no, memory that's, right hey, now. That, that's a great <laughs> example, though, of how of how yeah. Dave would, uh, you know, and I mean, the early narrative of late night was always that they celebrated failure. It wasn't that they celebrated failure in my mind. It was they celebrated life, and life includes little moments like this, mm-hmm. where you mm-hmm. know most tv shows try and come across so polished and 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 that that screw-ups would never happen whereas right. when life happens hey let's let's focus on life for a second like you said right you know right. there's a comedy piece but he's going to talk about something that happened over the weekend or whatever like right. that's one thing that i think that so many people resonate with it was one of the ways mm-hmm. that we kind of felt like we were part of the club as the audience uh because mm-hmm. the crew was part of it everybody was part of it um and i mean uh, a family, uh, safe to say. I mean, and Shecky's told me so much about how uh, tight you all were in that control room. You yeah. guys were such a family. Yeah, Shecky. You know, it's fun. Just to digress, though, Shecky, I've watched a couple of podcasts that so quickly when people uh, call him Rick. And yeah. I don't think I ever heard anybody during the, when I was at Letterman call him, it was always Shecky. Hey, Shecky. <laughs> and we just like saying that name. But uh, he, was a, he was a kind soul, Shecky. He was a good man. Um, uh, miss him. But uh, anyway, I, I digress. I just want to mention mention about Shecky. No, there he is, right there. He's always here. Yeah. In the episode. He's yeah. Uh, yeah. this. This show would not exist if it wasn't for 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 Shecky. And I just appreciate Shecky. him so so much. But yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 he would tell me about when you guys would you know get together afterwards or whatever. Like mm-hmm. just the 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 family that it was in that in that control room specifically. 
I want to go back to what an average day looked like for you. Um, because as the assistant, um, you know, it's a different, different, uh, uh, portfolio than the director, but like, would you be called to go out and be director on extras and things like that as well? Or were you like, what was, was it an average day for you as chaotic, knowing that there's chaos, but like, what time did you get there? What time did you leave? And, um, what was the right. ordinary kind of flow of events? Oh, just, you know, it's like any other TV show you, you get in. I, I think for Letterman, you know, the schedule kept changing over the years. Sometimes yeah. you're doing five shows a week and Dave would go out on remotes and then Next thing you know, Dave wasn't going out on remotes, and next thing you know, Dave wasn't coming to rehearsals. Yep. Um, but um, for me, uh, you know, I get in, well, it's actually pretty decent hours for Letterman. I get in like at 10, 30, 11. Yeah. And we would uh, do what we call a fax check, where we check all the microphones, we check all the cameras, we check all the videotape machines, you know, just go through a fix. I called it fax, facsimile check, you know, making sure the yep. facility is working. Um, and then uh, we would, uh, you know, the music would be, Loaded in wherever band it may be, which is always an exciting part of the day. When what music was there for that day? Because we had some pretty iconic acts on. Uh, music. Are you a music fan? Their... Are you a music fan, Tim? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I just you know that was my favorite part of the day. I think is um, uh, we would um, block music. I think after lunch. Yeah. Trying to remember because look, Colbert, we did it different. I can't remember it no, all. No, 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 so no. Long, that but... sounds right. Christian Guy yeah, was on we... here and Harvey Goldberg was on here, and, and they oh, both that, yeah, that sounds Harvey. about right. We block after lunch, um, and we would we'd have the band run it. Um, because when when the when the band came in, in the morning and the roadies came in, we would load them in, we would line check them, we'd get sounds. Yeah. But then they'd go the bands, but then then when the, the talent would come on. Uh, we let them run the song like three or four times just to get the monitors correct or their in-ears correct and make sure we get the right mix for Harvey and for the front of house and monitors. Everything is all working properly. Yep. Uh, and then we would sit down and block it and get them blocked. We push it up stage and do them for the show. But I would always go up uh, when Foley wasn't really, we weren't really blocking it for camera shit. They would do it two or three times. And, you know, it could have been Crutchy Stills and Nash. It could have been, uh, what do we have, Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam. It's just, I mean, it's, it's endless, you know? Yep. The, so that was my favorite part of the day. Go up and sit in the audience and watch these, watch these band rehearse, play the song. You know, say, have you ever seen the Foo Fighters? I said, yeah, I've only seen them do one song, but I've seen them. <laughs> I haven't been to a concert. <laughs> you know, I saw, I said, yeah, one song. But, I saw them uh, do yeah. Everlong eight times. It was amazing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that would be it. And then we, then we'd uh, come back. We, you know, sound check again, we'd rehearse the bands and then we would, uh, uh, Dave would come down back in the day and we'd rehearse for maybe half an hour. We'd get done rehearsing, go over and play the drums a little bit, and then he would, he would leave. Um, and then uh, later on, uh, he uh, just had our, our floor director would do the rehearsal and the writers would sit at the desk and read through the script and we'd send the tape up to Dave. And then at uh, 5.30, we always appreciated about Dave. You want to talk about the similarity between news and Dave. Yep. is news you came on rather you came on at 6 30 no matter what you were hot to the network yep with letterman same thing 5 30 he's out the gate and if you're not there it doesn't matter he's gonna run out on that stage you better be ready to go so it was a really well-oiled machine controlled by chaos but um <laughs> it was um it was you know on on the button till the end then he would take a little bit more time because he'd come out and talk to the audience for yes. two and a half minutes with his microphone smacked in the lens on the camera. And, yep. uh, uh, but he would talk for literally, and then we, Jessica or Andy would give the cue to uh, Paul 
music would start and 5.30 or 4.30 on the dot, depending what the day of the week was. And then towards the end, he would take a little bit more time. And then next thing you know, we're, we're going at 5.35. And I'm going, wow, this, this is, you know, this is weird. But um, yeah, he was very rigid in what he wanted to get done. And, hey, you know, whatever, whatever he wants, we're going to give him. A couple things about that. The first thing is, is, is having that energy, um, the energy transference, it, it certainly came through uh, the airwaves. There's no question about that because mm -hmm. when you play live or you, you basically play like we're live. And in mm -hmm. some ways, I think, I think you guys were more live than Saturday night live in some, in some respects, even though it might mm -hmm. not have been broadcast live, the way that you presented um, inside that house with you know uh, again we've talked about this paul and the band uh, treating it like it's a concert experience you know playing through the commercials none of this mm -hmm. we start the bumper okay we're out and the bumper we're back in none of that stuff mm -hmm. they played the whole time mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and 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 there were two minute breaks like we're live and we're back right. and 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 right. um that translated um the other cool thing though to bookend it was uh, Dave getting looser at the end, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think of that, you know, closer to the end. Like I think about that, that episode with the, the, the Eagles music. I don't know if you remember that, that, that particular, oh, yeah. part or not, but right. I mean, the, the whole show went off the rails at that point. Right. And, and, and right. this is a result of, okay, we played it like it was live for so long with this intensity and presented it now near the right. end, we're going to get relaxed every once in a while. And that will right. translate as well. And I think the viewers saw both of those things. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Eagles thing was—I I remember that because it was—they wanted to play some Eagles song. I remember Kathy go, "It's gonna be—it's gonna be like a hundred thousand dollars if they play that song." And they tell them, "No, don't do it, don't do it." I don't know. I, did we ever play it? I can't remember. I remember the no, whole. What ended up happening, which happened. is even cooler. Um, and actually, I'm gonna throw this out there. Uh, 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 one of the writers told me that. Um, he was collecting these songs and he wants to get them all. CBS had access to them. So CBS had a list of songs that sounded like other songs. And, oh, oh, okay. And this writer went and actually meticulously cataloged all of the songs and what their counterpart was. So there's this one called Supercharger that right. was supposed to sound like Life in the Fast Lane. And, oh, okay. And, and so what they ended up doing is they didn't play an Eagle song. Paul didn't, they didn't do anything. But they, but Dave comes back and he says, "Okay, well, I'm told we have this song that sounds like an Eagles song, <laughs> and you guys played that." And again, that's one of those moments. It's like, okay, yeah. So, so you've got uh, one of the writers up in the writers' room watching the feed, going, "Oh right. my god, this will be hilarious!" And he is phoning. I think he phoned Bill Chef, yeah, and 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 phoned him while this is right. happening. And then you guys somehow, some way find this song called, uh, you know, Supercharger, whatever it's called. You find it somehow and you play right. it. And, and, and again, looks like the entire thing was planned when in fact, of course, none of it was planned. And, and it looked right. so good. That moment is around uh, on the official uh, channel. I'll send it back to you. It'll, it'll give you some PTSD. It'll be great. Yeah, I love this. I, I guess I saw it, but I don't remember it. <laughs> But that's the type of stuff you guys yeah. are doing there. Yeah. Um, I derailed you at the music. So so after music no, no. rehearsal, um, at that point, uh, at that point, I guess you're yeah, it's 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 uh regular rehearsal stuff, right? Like extra yeah, bits and stuff. Extra bits, uh, you can you know run stupid human tricks, it could be oh. pet tricks, it could be um just a bit out on the street. 
um, we could, you know, if we could throw stuff off the roof, we'd block that. Yep. Um, any specialties that we're going to do. Yeah. You know, to let petite, you know, on the high wire and, you know, so we go through it, we go through all that. And then, um, five 30, we're, we're out the gate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was always something different, you know, and a lot of sophomoric humor, you know, like I said, throwing stuff off the roof. Um, we had the fireworks on the roof. We had yeah. uh, the civil war re- re- uh, re- reenactment on 53rd street. You know, we yeah. blew up a soda machine. For rehearsal, we blew up the sewing machine. It was so loud and so dangerous, they wouldn't let us do it for air. No kidding. Yeah, it was. Yeah, boom. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, there's a yeah. shout. There's a bunch of shout outs coming here. Shout out to Glenn Borders for that stuff. Shout out to uh, mm-hmm. to Bill Palumbo for the building of everything out there, and then all the other Billy crew, Palumbo, yeah. all the unions who were all involved in the production yeah. of those types of things. Um, did you ever have to go off site, or were you mostly in the theater? Oh, uh, we took the show on the road a few times. We did, yep. um, they, when they came back from London, uh, Jerry was the TV, and that's, uh, that May, uh, they made him the director. Uh, so, and actually, I think that May, was it that May? I think, I think we went to LA. Um, and then the next week, we went to um, uh, San Francisco, mm-hmm. the Palace of Fine Arts. Mm-hmm. And then we did the Four City Tour. And after the four city tour, I think we uh, we tired Dave out. He was he was done with traveling. Somebody said you can't get the jet close enough to the hotel, um, <laughs> so uh, we pretty much stayed at put. And and actually, the next uh, four city tour we did, we um, they flew the whole uh, city in. They flew five hundred people from yep. I forget where we did it with, with four cities. We did, and we dropped a backdrop behind them and flew them in. They get a hotel stay or free flight uh, to New York City. A bunch of city city door to door, dirty water hot dogs and you know <laughs> the whole city experienced and put them back on the plane and send them back but but uh, yeah so those are the only times um i traveled for the show okay yeah. and so and you, were, you never went on remotes or extras then you were never the guy out shooting outside uh no, in no, a park no, no, or no. somewhere on the street no. you were always in the control room always in the control room. if we were doing remotes into the show i was always yep. in the control room. we would send somebody out to uh tech manager, technical direct that, wherever it may be. We might hire outside crews. Sometimes we, you know, send out, you know, guys from the CBS Broadcast Center to go out and set up whatever remote we were going to do. Um, I can't remember some of the remotes we did. But anyway, yes, we would. I yeah. would stay. Yeah, I stayed put in the theater, which um, is fine by me. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're, 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 you're part of the nucleus of the machine itself. And that makes sense. Um, oh, I had one and then it just disappeared based on what you said. It doesn't matter. Um, okay, so oh, when Jerry Foley was otherwise, uh, you know, if he was ill or something like that, couldn't be there. Were you the guy that jumped in his chair? I directed two shows for okay for for uh, um, yeah, two shows. I did. Do you remember? I, them? I mean, what, uh, yeah, sort of. It was uh, actually it was a it was a it was a double show. It was okay. uh, Thursday, so yep. we did two shows, and uh, and I think it had. CBS mailbag. It was pretty busy. We had two bands. We had Todd Rundgren and um, I think uh, what's the band? The band was called the X's. I think they were called. Okay. So we had two bands. You know, top ten uh, CBS mailbag. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty. It was. I think I stood up the whole show. <laughs> the guy that sat in for me said, "Hey, you haven't sat down once." I was just so nervous about it. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. And then you know, Holly came back, and which is all good. Yeah. Um, 
I, I find that precious that <laughs> I directed two shows and you're able to tell me specifics about each show. Obviously yeah, well, a big deal, you know, you yeah. know, going from one to the other, even though sure. the job itself, I mean, you work hand in hand, you kind of know exactly what it is, but that perception right. though, when you, when you end up sitting there, that's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, you know, the, 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 the beats in the show, the open, this, 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 and this one thing, but then anticipating Dave, Mm-hmm. you know calling for something sort of like kind of but you know you got a great team you know andy and uh, Rand, andy randy and jessica were awesome you know had a great way i mean the, the, everybody kind of knew actually some things people would just say what dave was going to say before he was going to say because <laughs> they just we've been there so long and it still was funny but um you know just anticipating him that was always sort of like you know where are we going with this you know top 10 you know there's one thing uh but you know cbs mailbag i got a little complicated but i, I think i got I got through unscathed. <laughs> um, was there, and I mean, I asked this to uh, to Amy. I think it's a, it's a, it's a valid question for you too. Like, I think about some of the moments where that were, you know, kind of hallmarks of the show that Hal had started. So, so for example, uh, I, you know, I, and this happened to me. I had my Q and A moment with Dave, and then and then you know, Dave comes out, and right before he does the monologue, he says something about it, and and suddenly there's a shot of of me and my family in the audience, you know, and and, right. and back on Dave, like. They would do that if there was a callback of some sort. Did you have right. one camera person who was kind of sort of a rover and their job was to was to was to shoot that kind of stuff? And then you had the other three camera positions or or whatever. Like how did you uh how did you set up for the random? Well, something like that, if it's it's a callback to the audience, um, you know, some cameras are locked at what they're doing. Uh, you know, camera two was always on Dave. Yeah. Uh, depending which side of the theater it was on, if it was on the stage left, you know, audience right, camera three would, you know, kind of focus in on that person. You know, yeah. I think there's going to be a callback. Uh, we had two, uh, two, I can't remember. We had one hand, so we had, actually, look at this, I can't remember. We had three hards, a jib, uh, and a mini. You know, roving hand, uh, roving handheld. So uh, we were pretty flush with cameras to cover what we needed to cover. But um, uh, you had to be quick for it because they might not be on the whole time. He might also pull it back, and the camera's got to swing real quick. And the video guys, Dave never let us put the audience lights on. Stephen kind of kept the audience a little lit. Yep. Dave never, Dave, Dave, he always made us keep the keep the lights down. Uh, so the camera guy had to you know crank up the game so you could see the person and yep. Uh, but um, yeah, the camera guys are great. As, you know, Foley said, you know, he relied on upon them so much. He got, I was more like a a, a traffic cop. You know, I knew where they were take that take because the camera guys are they're on top of it. Really sharp crew. I haven't had a camera operator on yet. I know I want to. I wanted desperately to talk to Steve Kaufman. Unfortunately, he. he uh, Stevie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, that was a heartbreak. Absolutely. And, and so, but I, I very much want to talk to these camera operators because right. um, the reaction speed, and like the person who was holding the, 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 the that camera that you were talking about, the mini, yeah, you know, like that is, <laughs> that's, that's a high wire act right there of that job. You got to react yeah. quickly. But again, it's funny, you know, you talk about the differences between the two, between late show and the late show. And, um, you know, the, to me, a hallmark was, Oh, something's happening. There's a camera. And then the, the audience actually sees the light turn on for it. Mm-hmm. That actually sort of became a stylistic part of the, of, of, of your show because of that process. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, that is, a, that is a difference. Steven does keep the audience uh, uh, a little bit lit. I saw that last lit. week. Yeah. What are some of the other differences that you, uh, from a, like a technical standpoint between the two shows, it was very interesting that you were one of the few people that was there 
to bridge things. Um, right. And, and I'm fascinated to know some of the your your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, Stephen was a little more heavily scripted. I didn't. I don't think he really went off script that much. I mean, but when, just to clarify, uh, when Stephen came over um, from Comedy Central, like Dave, you know, he he brings his key people with him. You know, he likes seeing the same. So they brought over, you know, a few camera when we kind of filled in some holes as we went along. Went along, and uh, they he brought over uh, the director brought over his own TV. Did what I did, so I kind of got out of the seat and I assumed more of a managerial role you know yeah. just kind of making sure thing is working yep. um so uh the inner workings of steven was totally different than the inner workings of dave's what i i i took in you know uh uh you know steven's was more uh steven's more like a news show i guess at the top and a lot of Very much graphics so. over real graphic teleprompter driven. versus um, cards like just well that there alone. you go well yeah right, right there exactly um so yeah steven's a little more heavily scripted um, and Dave was, uh, he could just fly off the cuff at any moment. Live, uh, for lack of better words, made it a little more organic or whatever. It just, you know, he didn't know where he was going to go. Colbert was more uh, structured, which is great. And both great guys. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Both no, no, great there's, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it goes without saying. But ironic for you in your career, you started in news and then you ended up at a place that that had a, a more newsy type type flow to sure. it. You know, the, the, mm -hmm. the desk with the you know with the graphic behind dave of course never did anything really like that um but that's you know you look at seth myers you look at you know colbert john stewart all of that they're they've made their mark in broadcasting with uh, you know the desk kind of format uh mm -hmm, newscast mm -hmm. and so so mm -hmm. so yeah interesting that that's that kind of happened for you in your career yeah yeah one, you came back to it sure yep it was uh it was an interesting um two shows to work on <laughs> yeah uh, I got to ask, um, now that you're on this side of it, and we're kind of going all over the place, but that's okay. I love yeah, that. I love that it's sure. just an organic conversation. I, I, I'd much rather that than than structured questions. Um, do you still dream about either show? Oh, I have uh, the old anxiety dreams where, you know, I can't get to this or this is going on. How come I don't have this ready? And, you know, get out of my dreams. You know, Stephen, what are you doing in my freaking dreams? You know, Dave, what are you, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh no, I have them from time to time, you know, but, uh, I guess cause maybe I miss it a little bit, you know, yeah. I kind of do, I miss, you know, I miss, I miss the old man, you know, when he was on, it was great. Uh, good times, made a lot of good friendships there. And same thing with Steve. And I try to stop by every once in a while. I don't get to go in anymore because well, now the COVID protocol is kind of breaking up, but, um, yeah. uh, it's always good to see the crew, but, uh, yeah, definitely definitely filters into my my nighttime dreams at the time I like, why, why the hell was dave in my dream last night what was that <laughs> uh you are not alone my friend there's a lot of that going yeah. around um yeah. absolutely <laughs> um did you okay and this is an interesting question that it's it's funny it seems elementary uh for for people who have just started sort of watching this show but it's mm -hmm. not it's a it's a complicated question um oh, because boy. there are people who worked for dave for a long 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 time that i've, I've never actually met him or had any contact with him mm -hmm. um, but you and jerry obviously in a different spot uh did you have very much contact with dave in a given week well uh yeah i mean one of the control rooms so uh i would see um i would see dave in the hallway yeah uh you know coming back from the show and what have you and i had a couple of couple little runs well I, here, here's a here's a funny little story so i started the show in, in may of 95 and uh uh, I saw Dave kind of bouncing around maybe 
crossed his path, you know, here and there, but yeah. never really met him. And uh, every year we had, he has a Christmas party. And this one year he had the Christmas party at the Walman Rink. Yep. And he would serve mashed potatoes and meatloaf. <laughs> that would be the dinner. <laughs> Love it. And some beers or what have you. But comfort there, food, would, my friend. Comfort yeah, food. Yeah, exactly. Stick to the ribs food. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I was out skating, probably with my wife and maybe my, my young son at the time. And uh, I saw an opportunity. Dave was kind of, you know, leaning up against the boards there at Walman Rink. I said, Go up and thank them because we get we get the nice jacket like you have really? on. So I skated up to him. I said, I said "Hey, Dave. Um, you know, my name is Tim Kennedy. Um, I'm the the technical director on the show. I'm in the control room that much. You know, our paths don't pat our, our paths don't cross that much." And he looked at me. He goes, "Let's keep it that way." <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. I got a good laugh out of it. But every time he saw me in the hallway, he always said, "Hey, Tim. You know, how you doing?" And you know, came down. You know, thanked me for the, when I did the show. Had to direct it the two times and. We traded cigars for a little bit, but um, yeah, my you know my interactions. I say to people, I probably interacted. I interacted with Dave maybe five times, yep. and probably the conversation about five words long. But yep. um, you know, he, he was he was a good guy. Is a good guy. Uh, but I haven't seen you're, him recently. You're, you're, a you're ahead of the average, Tim. You're ahead of the <laughs> average. Um, but I have another yeah. question that seems inside, and it might seem odd. Do you remember when the microphone got stolen? Oh, I do. Oh, oh, yeah. No, that's see, you just gave me just that's a trigger. <laughs> you just gave me the. You gave me the. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, that was a, that was a dark day. That was a very dark day. That was a very, like, what happened? Because it was always in the same cabinet, uh, and um, yeah, yeah. That and that was something that they, you know, that they got from NBC and had a little plaque on it. Yeah, it was just it was a nice little momentum for Dave and which we would probably would have taken with him uh, into his retirement. You know, I don't think he's up at night, you know, upset over it, but it, I was upset because it was like, you know, it was on my watch, you know, what the heck happened? So it was, yeah, it was like, but you know, things happen. People, people have sticky fingers. People have no conscience and, you know, I don't know who has it now and who he, he or she is showing it to or, but um, yeah. yeah. There, there, fine. there is a story with it. Um, and, and, and hopefully it's going to turn into a story of redemption. Uh, and it's not my story completely to tell, but I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to point you in the direction of some of the thing of, 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 of where it is and it is public it's out there. Um, oh, yeah? and, and, and the goal is to get it back to Dave. So, um, yeah, great. that's great. That microphone is historic. Dave stole it. And the night of when the new microphone showed up and then the guys figured it out, figured out what to do. It was so funny. Dave's reaction to it. He's like, well, you know. But that microphone was stolen and the whole audience went silent. And then he looked around and he goes, but then I figured, well, we stole this from NBC anyway. So maybe that was the way. But that yeah. microphone goes all the yeah. way back to Jack Parr. Um, it was one of the hanging mics, I believe. Uh, yeah. The Parr show. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I wanted to ask if you remember that day. Okay? No, no. I, I remember that one vividly. That was, uh, yeah, like I said, that was uh, like, like I could feel, I just felt in the pit of my stomach when you mentioned it. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, God. I forgot. Well, that's all right. You know, forgot about that one, but, uh, <laughs> oh, no. but it'd, be great. It, it'd be great if they find it, you know, that'd be, you know, but things happen. I, I had one time I came in and I, was, I think it was, I was Letterman. I think it was Letterman. It wasn't called Baron. Yeah, it was Letterman because I had my office on the seventh floor yep. and I remember coming in and my, window was next to another building there's a building roof there like 10 feet below and uh 
I went into my office and I thought I heard street noise. And it's a street noise. I realized my window was a little cracked. I said, I looked and then I realized there were some things that were on my windowsill that kind of been moved. I'm like, what the heck is that? Because I was one of the first in the office. I'm looking around and I, and I went into our, our equipment crib and somebody had come in through my window from that other building and stole the camera. And oh next thing you know, the, next thing you know, the New York City, you know, the CSI group is there. They're in my office. They're fingerprinting me because they want to rule me out and everything. I'm like, like, holy crap. Well, it's the same I office guess, as the city of New York is in the is in the building too, right? So a security issue. This there. is a no, this is an apartment building that's next oh, oh, to oh, 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 I see, I see, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was uh it kind of reminded me of all the times we got the the, the heists that went on in the theater. <laughs> that was the only heist. But yeah, the, the microphone was <laughs> microphone um, was uh yeah that was that was someday I, i'll definitely send you the uh the 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 story about the microphone since then and i'd love and to whatnot. see it um yeah i'd love to see it <laughs> uh what is the <laughs> this is a, an interesting question for, for for some some it's a boring question any what's the oddest thing you ever had to do for the show oh boy wow because i assume you had like maybe you did some people they were pretty straight laced and they saw some cool stuff they saw the chaos but sometimes, though, there were people who were straight laced that had to do something odd for the show because there was nobody else. You got to dress in a costume, or you got to go and, and oh, and, oh, any of that, yeah, any well, of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't have many on-air appearances. I had a couple that were pre-taped, but I did have one that was just awful, um, where it was a mailbag piece. Yeah, and uh, the bit was that. Um, Somebody wrote in and said, Dave, wouldn't it be cool um, if uh, what you say uh, about X, Y, Z, a bubble comes out of your head, a little bubble, thought bubble, which really says what you think. I forget what the comedy was behind it. Yep. Great, but great the payout, premise, though. That's a great premise. Right. The payout was uh, uh, he he wanted to let people have, know how that effect went. And he, I think he said, I've never seen the tape playback. He said, uh, oh, that's done by our, our technical director in the control room. And this is me. And so just to get the setup, he calls me down the control room. He's at the desk. I'm in the control room. Yep. Now, mind you, I'm sitting at the switcher. And I usually yep. look this way at the monitor. I got Foley over here. But for this thing, <laughs> the camera is over here shooting me. Yep. I got Foley in this year. I got Dave in this year. I'm cutting the show. I'm looking at the camera and, and I'm doing the effect, putting the bubble in and out, how I did it and not looking what I'm doing. And I think it kind of got screwed up a little bit. But the best part was when we finally ended the segment, we went back to Dave. Foley leaned over to me and goes, hey, Kennedy, you look like a real jerk. <laughs> I yeah. Said, yeah, I felt like one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was the last time we did anything live with me on the show. But um, that was probably the oddest thing. Yeah. The shot I go back to is uh, is is the last show, of course. And I mean, I was going to ask you about the last show, but uh, you know, we'll mm. probably get to it again. Uh, the last show when 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 Dave's thanking everybody, and then the, the 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 cut into the control room. Let's keep it to two drinks tonight, shall we, get everybody? Yeah. And yeah. Um, <laughs> showing you guys right. I, I love how grateful that dave was for um for the the company of david letterman and company and there's that that we always talk about the book the last days of letterman that talks about the last six weeks uh scott mm -hmm. ryan wrote that book 
and 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 um dave's note allegedly the note that dave had about that book was he was so happy that somebody had taken time scott had taken time to focus on the staff because mm -hmm. he was so grateful and 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 um so heartfelt in wanting to hire the best crew and the best camera people and the best writers and the best of everybody the, the company of david letterman and company um cannot be understated that's why we do this whole show and I loved in the last episode how much time he took uh, everything from in the show itself, you know, went long, mm -hmm. screw it, who cares? We're going to thank everybody. Mm -hmm. And, the, and the, the, the final credits as well of that right. last show uh, were, were, were fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, you guys did a great, he did a great job thanking you guys for that. He was very, he was, his funny joke was like, the crew hates me. You know, a lot of times we did one of his long running jokes and we didn't, you know, we yeah. he was great to the crew. He was, you know, always there for everything. He's, you know, supported us. Um, but he would say at times, you know, when something went wrong, he'd like, you know, he'd look down at the flight, go, hey, NASA, call him the control room, NASA, or it's bring your kids to the control room night, you know, <laughs> or something would something go wrong and, and the floor director would do this point because we were directly below him. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, he afforded me a lot of laughs and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was very appreciative and we were in turn, we're very appreciative of, of him and the things that he's done for us along the years. And uh, your, your office was on seven? For uh, Letterman was on seven. Yes. I was directly did, across uh, from Did Sue you ever Hung. take the freight elevator? <laughs> you know, uh, I did with George. He let me drive at one time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't do too well on it, but uh, now that was Dave's chariot. But um, uh, yeah, I've taken the freight alert a couple of times. We used it a couple of times. We used to do, um, uh, we started doing music up on the roof of the theater. We'd have to get as many elevators as we could up and down. And if Dave wasn't using it, we'd be bringing God knows what up to the roof uh, yeah. for whatever concert we we're going to do. Uh, the, the one that always comes to mind first for me, uh, was the Jay-Z Eminem shoot up there. Oh. That was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, historic moment, unbelievable moment on, I love that so much. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this story. You probably have heard this story, but I don't know that we've talked about it on the, on, on this show here. Um, I would love to have been a fly on the wall when Dave <sighs> taught Steven how to use that elevator. Um, there's a moment oh. where Steven came, I guess about two weeks before Dave was done. He wanted to talk to him while things, uh, as Steven says, he was still in the saddle and, 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 um, you know, we asked Dave some questions about, you know, marks and different things about the, the, the studio and all of that. And then Dave taught Steven how to use that elevator, taught him how to drive it, taught him how to, what the process was. And thank you very much, Dave. He goes, yeah, well, I guess this is yours now. And what a, what a sweet moment that is. <laughs> I don't know. Did you, yeah. I, did you know that story? I, I have I I don't I mean you know a lot more than I do, <laughs> I that one I do not know about but I don't find that hard to believe, yeah you know, that they would do something like that yeah it's a great way here you go kid here's the keys to the car you know yeah yes yeah. yes exactly right? that's that's it's it going on, um can yeah. we talk about Mr Rather for a second hey did you uh did you know Dan Rather when you did the evening news at all did you ever interact with him directly, Dan never came in the control room you know right. camera guys. Everybody knows the camera guys, thank yeah. God. Uh, but yeah, the control room, control room is uh, kind of like the, Dave came in the control room twice. Yep. When I was there, you know, one and actually when he came in one time, uh, I didn't know he was there. It's after we did the we did the HD conversion. He came down to find out, you know, asking him how much money we spent. I said oh, about twenty million. He goes good, um, but I didn't know he was behind me, and uh, I turned around. It's like one of these things. He's 
you know, never in your space like that. Yeah. But um, but Dan, no, Dan, I don't think Dan. Um, I don't remember. I I don't. I I met Dan a couple of times, but uh, you know, six years on the show. Yeah. I guarantee he doesn't know my name. Which is fine. for sure. And and yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. and again, that's that's just that's how it goes. Yeah. That's that's the television yeah. business. Um, I I more think you know you see him every day for six years, and then right. you'd see him drop in to right. late show including on you know if there's a, oh, yeah. a famous or an infamous uh, uh you, know, Letterman, this. you know 9-11's show yeah yeah um, yeah that was touching I, I watch it every year that's my that's my tradition since 9-11 i have watched the entire show mm-hmm. and it's you know it's the show in its entirety and i mean don't get me wrong dave's cold open incredible um mm-hmm. prolific uh, uh you know uh, unbelievable mm-hmm. leadership and courage um but I don't know when the last time you watched Dan Rather's appearance on that show. And, mm-hmm. You know, people remember, okay, he got emotional. Okay. And yes, but mm-hmm. of course he did. Uh, but it was the discussion afterwards that went to the end of the segment um, mm-hmm. that was fascinating to me. And it just shows, I just, anytime I have the opportunity to talk about Dan Rather, because 20 years later, you watch it and it was like he was prophetic. Mm-hmm. talked about uh, do we have the stomach for this do we have mm-hmm. the you know the the staying power and all that what's it going to look like when we leave what's it going to look like and when you know the book end of that knowing how it ended or 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 whatever and and listening to dan's words that mm-hmm. night absolutely astounding and that was mm-hmm. a moment of of, of history that kind of combined your two histories with cbs right. and kind of put them into one evening yeah um late show after 9-11 it took a while to kind of find its feet again some changes permanent uh mm-hmm. you know some things obviously relaxed tommy ruprecht going out of his mind trying to remember you know when's the next time we can make fun of bush that kind of a thing right oh, um, God, um, they, there's a comedy was, gold right do there you remember but... that transition did the show from a technical standpoint um less music you know the cold open with the flag that kind of a thing um, did the show right. change very much from your standpoint at that at, at that point, or was it pretty much the same, just with a little bit different content? Well, obviously, it's a little more somber. I mean, and, and, and indeed, that that nine eleven show is probably one of my wish we never had to do it. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, one of the shining moments, you know, when Dave really spoke, he goes, "I'm just going to speak because I need to hear myself talk." Yeah. And uh, that was yeah. Um, that statement you know, alone. I, Right. comforted me because yeah, I, I you know need, uh, a lot of people had a lot of things in that weren't sure you know and and yeah it was an important show anyway sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no that's okay uh but um you know a lot of it's kind of a blur i mean i know we wouldn't do the big whiz bang open for a while i mean when we started doing the uh uh started rolling the opening uh opening credits um but uh you know i think we're all shell-shocked at that point and um Obviously, it's a time we won't, we don't want to forget about. Uh, you can't put behind you. Uh, you know, it's a good question, Mike. I, uh, I, I really, I really couldn't tell you. I mean, it was really in the writer's hands and Dave's hands about how the show is going to play out. But it's, you know, what kind of energy is it going to have? You know, what are we going to do? Who are we going to talk to? Uh, but um, then we got back up to speed again, and you know, we had Bush. <laughs> it was that was comedy gold. That was comedy gold. But uh, yeah, yeah, that 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 was definitely one of my one of my most memorable shows that he did. Yeah, it was important what you all did. And I, I, I try and 
when it does come up, I thank you. I thank you all for being a part of something that was so important. I'm from Western Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that there was a more important um, television show other than, of course, the news telling us what was going on, that kind of thing. I don't think there was a more important uh, television broadcast moment than that moment at that time. So thank you for being mm-hmm. a part of that. Uh, you know, yeah. Absolute television history. You got some Emmys behind you. Um, how many Emmys actually- you got? Those are actually my wives. She's got the she's got the whole shelf here. She's got she got like twenty. Um, I have like five, I think, four, <laughs> five, I think. But mine don't mine don't fit on the shelf. They're a little little taller, so mine are in the basement. <laughs> this is the, the, I love the segue on this is beautiful. Obviously, I would not be good at my job if I didn't say what. Wait, what? Okay, so Emmy envy uh, in the Kennedy household. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Let's this let's talk this about is, yours, and her, then let's. Oh, her. look at them all! Oh my God, <laughs> Jim, you're killing me. That's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, she's amazing. Let's 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 go into you first, because you are the you are the uh, subject of the show. Um, mm-hmm. What are your five for? Uh, well, two for Letterman. Yep. Uh, one for Rather for graphics. What did I get there? That's three. One for and two for sports. I don't know. I think two for sports. Two for NFL today. I think. I don't know. I don't know what the other. Two. I got. I'm thinking where they are. I got one, two, and I got three, three downstairs. I got three. Actually, I got one with a. Somebody told me the national Emmys, the bigger Emmys, yep. are actually the same size as Barbie. And for my 50th birthday party, a friend bought me a Barbie gown for my when one Emmy is dressed with a uh, with a bar. She, it looks fabulous. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. I, I would I would think it looks fabulous. Uh, that's the yeah, perfect word for it. Um, yeah, you yeah. have received Emmy Awards working uh, on the productions of two of the greatest broadcasters in history. Um, <laughs> you know, when I say it like that, it sounds really cool because it is really cool. Um, you're grateful for this. That obviously you're, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, actually some, one one of them. Funny story. One of them is so old. Uh, you know, they're not real gold. Um, the, the gold plaque and the gold yep. kind of was worn off of it. It's kind of like silver now. And yeah. I mean, somebody come in one time, they looked, they said, they saw the gold, they said, the, the silver, they said, is that second place? I said, oh, yeah. Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> it's second place. So that's what I tell people now. But uh, and there's an old, there's a, there's a story somebody told one time that somebody came in and saw it and saw the, saw the Emmys, I guess they didn't know what it was and said, you know, who's the bowler? <laughs> <laughs> So, but, uh, oh, that's fantastic nice. too! Oh, nice, that's so nice good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. let's 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 get to the uh, let's get to the other half now. I don't, I'm not going to say better half, but the other half. Um, yeah. Who's she your wife, and great. how has she won so many darn Emmys? She is a uh, executive producer for WABC yep. uh, in in New York, and she had her own unit. So she would go and do specials, everything from. Uh, two Broadway specials a year. Um, uh, she'd do uh, two Oscar specials with Jill Siegel, uh, marathon specials. So she did a lot of specials a year and racked up a bunch of uh, Emmy wins for that. But uh, she's very sharp. She's a sharp one in the family. Good <laughs> for her. Uh, yeah. Has she had any uh, any contact with uh, with with Regis Philbin? Oh yeah, no, no, she knows Regis and Kathy. But actually, she was just telling a story about Kathy Lee the other day. Um, that uh, when she was pregnant at the same time as my wife was with our first son, Kathy was a little bit ahead of her. So she um, gave Nancy all her maternity clothes. So Nancy said she was the best dressed pregnant woman <laughs> in Essex County. But uh, no, she, you know, fond memories of Regis and Kathy. And 
uh, and Kelly and what have you. But uh, yeah, she's yeah 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 she's been around there for a while. But uh, yeah, she just she retired uh, two years ago. So we're um she's producing me now. That's her. Oh, job. that's good. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, Work in progress. My wife produces me too. That's, that's great. I'm going to teach yeah. you that word. <laughs> she'll, she'll, she'll but, sub it for bossing around. I'm producing you. That's perfect. I can't <laughs> wait for that. Um, yeah. Tell Candy about that. Uh, um, so that's interesting. The WABC connection. Did she, she must've known Brian Tedda then as well. No, no. Tedda, uh, Tedda was network side uh, doing the view. I mean, she, she knows people on the view, but she was gotcha. on the local side. The only gotcha. network points you did were syndicated with uh, Joel or Sandy Kenyon or, yeah. you know, some of those shows, but uh, everything else was pretty much local. Uh, and that, and that was that, but uh, no, no, she doesn't know Tedda. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. I hope shout yeah. out to Brian Tedda. saw him the other day. Yeah. At, uh, yeah. Rupert's deal. We're going to be having him on the show, hopefully sooner than later, but I mean, that's story, like stories like that. Um, it was funny at the, at the, at the, at the dinner the other night or at the Rupert's thing, I was talking to Rob Burnett and, and a couple of people were saying mm -hmm. Tommy was speaking, Tommy Rupert was speaking. And I looked at him, I said, this has got to be kind of like seeing, you know, your kids doing adult things now, like, like, you know, mm -hmm. up and, yeah. and doing that. Um, you must have had a lot of those types of moments where you've seen people show up as an intern, they end up doing something and then they end up moving on to something else. Uh, have you seen much of that in, on your side of the, uh, of the camera? Uh, you know, um, I, I gotta say the interns were usually there for three months, four months. Yeah. And, you know, so you do three sets of interns a year over 20 plus years, that's 60 sets of interns. And it's like, you know, mm -hmm. it's a long time. And half the time um, I, I just kind of blank with, <laughs> I hate to be that way with them because it's, uh, I have a hard enough time remembering my own kids. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, 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 no. But, but, but even but people so, in the control room who've moved on to oh, other yeah. things, you know, like with sure. Randall, what she's doing now and, and all of that. Um, uh, well, I think, well, Mary Barkley was one of our, was our control room intern. And uh, we interviewed with Pam Narosny. She was a control room intern. And now she's at NBC. Yep. Uh, Dana, um, oh boy, I'm forgetting Dana's answer. She's over at NBC, a big muckety muck. Yeah. Um, Pam wears a mean but, hot dog outfit as well, by the way. Yes, anyway. she's the best Narosny. Oh my God. <laughs> I remember she told me one time how many credits she was getting for her, for uh, working in the control. And I said, what? You're getting how many credits to be with us? I see you <laughs> But uh, she was always a lot of laughs. She was, and still is. I saw her, well, I saw her at the, at the Shecky Memorial. And yeah. um, it was a sad moment, but it was nice catching up with everybody. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, um, I, I really don't know. Uh, yeah, well, those are I a couple of pretty you. major names anyway. Like, I mean, yeah, my yeah, goodness, yeah. Marianne, Pam, like, holy smokes. Um, yeah, yeah I, uh, the, the reunions are something that I think, um, you know, since, since the Rupert, uh, video has surfaced and, and, and Walter did a, such a good job, Walter and, and, and Jay shot that, but Walter mm -hmm. really put on that. Um, <clears throat> one of the good things man. that, uh, like Rupert was. I said this in the, the the tribute episode we did for him a few weeks back, but uh, his, you know, he was, his plan was to ride off into the sunset. Like his plan was mm -hmm. not to do anything. And, and um, when he kind of told Walter that Walter was like, are you kidding? Like the only time we get together, like you thought brought Shecky's Memorial. And I mean, it was an amazing event. I, mm -hmm. I told Kathy it was produced with love and Randy. I told them they produced it with love and you can yeah. tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, they're good people. Oh, such good people. Uh, um, and 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 what Walter said to Rupert was, 
um, when we get together, it's usually for something sad and that's unfortunate. We want to get together when something's happy. And I think it, I think it triggered something. I certainly hope that there's some sort of a reunion of, of some kind. I would love to see, um, you know, the band get back together for one night at, at, at Radio City or Carnegie Hall or something like that. And it, 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 like a one night only show. Do you right. think that that's something that like, if, if, if he ever said, Jerry, would you come out of retirement for one show? Tim, would you come out of retirement for one show? Would you ever, would you do something like that to help out with a, with a one-time oh, Letterman reunion? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No questions asked. Absolutely. You know, I don't know. Depends how long is it to take to do it. <laughs> I remember what I, I remember how to do it, but oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Absolutely. And that would be, yeah, that'd be cool. They'd go do a show, like a special. That'd ah, be great. Like, I yeah. mean, you know, Netflix has got lots of money. They could, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's open up a right. Brinks truck and, and, and get the band back right. together. Um, it'd be so cool to do something like that. I know there's certainly a, a, a groundswell of support for that. I, I haven't brought that up here on camera very much but now that mm -hmm. after that event happened i think that there's a i think there is a hunger for it and mm -hmm. um i hope it could happen at some point and and, and everybody could kind of come back together and, and it, because what you guys did was really special you were part of something um really really special and and i think that showing how many people stayed in that control room for as long as they did um you know a lot of those seats were the same seats for a decade or beyond um, mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in that thing I think that's a testament that you all knew that you were part of something special. Is that safe to say? Yeah, yeah. And and you know, and and looking back on what, what you would like to see happen, I don't know if we could ever get that, you know, that was something in, in time to time to move on. I mean, get what get out while it's good. Um, but uh if he asked, I would do it. I don't think that's ever gonna happen. I hate to say that. <laughs> Uh, I no, I mean, uh, yeah, the odds are are astronomically <laughs> yeah. low that that could happen. But I mean, I think about the idea of like you've watched Dave on, um, you know, uh, the 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 Kennedy Center Award and the Mark Twain Prize oh, yeah. and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Those are great; mm -hmm. they're fantastic. Yeah. But they're not produced in the same vein or voice. And and the segment no. that they have with the people who come out and Kimmel comes out and John Mulaney set killed on that. That was great. Oh, yeah. and, and you know, you see Dave up in the box imagine though like something like that except completely letterman like where it's an adam sandler and there's bill burr and there's Chappelle or something yeah. like that yeah the people who grew up on him kind of giving it back yeah. but yet mm -hmm. there being involvement i don't know i just see it in my mind's eye so clearly that it could be something really really cool um and and maybe dave wouldn't have to lift too many fingers for it you know like and, and, well, and just be perfectly um the tone of what you guys all did and and, and you know, certainly it's never been replicated. Um, right. I don't know. Well, I, just, get, I just see that. Get a treat, get a treatment written up and then pitch it. Let me know. How hey, it goes. If I knew what a treatment was, <laughs> I would do it in a second, but I, uh, I don't even know what that is. I don't even, um, uh, I'm being a little bit uh, naive on that or hyperbolous on that, but, but yeah, like, right. I, yeah, I, I think, I think that, I don't know. I just, I, from, from a, from an audience standpoint, um, I certainly know it would be welcome. And, and, and I think the world needs a little bit of that, you know, and, and no offense mm. to the other, um, late night shows at all. They've gotten really, a lot of them have gotten really political and all of that. Well, you know, I think we yeah. just need something zany again. Um, yeah. it doesn't have yeah. to have a message except let's have some fun. Do a whole show of throwing stuff off the roof. <laughs> I'm in, take my money. I'm in. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. 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 No problem with that. Um, Tim, I appreciate your time so, so, so much here. Uh, before yeah. we, I, I, I have a couple ways that I want to lead out. Um, but sure. uh, before we leave the Letterman stuff, 
Um, we've been talking about this year for, for, for uh, a week here or so. Uh, were there anything else that you had kind of thought of that? Oh yeah. I want to bring that up. Is there any potpourri that's sitting there that uh, stories that we might want to know about Letterman days? No, not really. I think, uh, I think you kind of touched on all of this. I didn't know what you're going to ask. And someone like, Oh, I got to pull back the old memory banks. Cause I, I kind of, I kind of, you know, bulk erase things every day. Like, Oh, you know, some of this stuff. It was interesting hearing what you remembered. I'm like, going, Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Um, no, I think we, I think we touched on everything. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else, uh, anything, uh, any hidden secrets. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, <clears throat> no bodies buried in the Ed Sullivan Theater. Um, <laughs> no bodies, no. <laughs> a lot of rats. So maybe some old rats laying in there somewhere, but that would always get sneaky. You find a dead rat and that George has to take care of the dead rats. But anyway. Yeah. Um, and and uh, from an audience standpoint, we would think it would be George would be the guy who would be the guy George. taking care of that. That, just, that sounds about right, actually. Good man, Georgie. Yeah. I haven't seen him since he retired. Oh, you know, who I uh, I saw at the um, at, at Rupert's thing, I think we're going to have him on the show is Bill DeLay. said, I mean, there's a guy whose stories oh, have chief. stories. Chief. <laughs> absolutely. I called him chief. Right. And it, the smile that went on his face when I called him chief. Right out of central casting. He was the best. They put him in bits. Oh my God, he was hilarious. His voice just alone. He talked like this all the time. Yeah, yeah, I love the chief. I see him every once in a while. If I'm in the city, I walk by there in the lobby yep. as people are coming in, so I get to stop in and see him and ask how Jess is doing or anything like that. But yeah, 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 the chief, good man. Absolutely. Been you there know a what? Long maybe... time. What's that? Go ahead. I said he's been there a long. He's been there. For oh, the he sure has. Yeah. yeah, and he was. Yeah. It was so perfect for Rupert's thing on Friday. He was. He was the. He was the bouncer there. Like that's the yeah. other thing. You talk to Bill. <laughs> And it doesn't take you, if you have any sort of intuition whatsoever or, or, or uh, empathic type traits, it doesn't take very long talking to Bill to know that that guy's a guy you don't want to mess with. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen a couple of times he had to take, uh, take care of business. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, good man. Yeah, yes, you want him on your side. As 100%. they said, they always came in, they always came in, uh, was, was Foley's line, the, the security guys always came in dressed for Easter. They always look great. They had their suits on and they, they're very professional. You know, they dealt with a lot of high end, you know, stars. Some of those stars would roll in off the 53rd street, you know, Tom Cruise, uh, mm -hmm. you know, your, you know, uh, Julia Roberts. I mean, it gets, it gets crazy out there. So they got their job. They got their job cut out for them. The last night I was there, I wanted to secure um, getting my picture behind Dave's desk. This is a month before Dave retired. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Vinny was supposed to be the guy that I was supposed to ask. And, and, uh, and it was funny because I went to talk to Vinny and, and, and uh, they said, no, he's on Travolta duty tonight, you know, cause Travolta <laughs> was there. And so Travolta got Vinny the whole night and it ended up being Mike oh, yeah, that yeah. got us back behind the desk. But um, those guys, I mean, if there were stereotypical New Yorkers, you know, you take those three guys and the way that they talk, you take, you take a guy like Bill, you take a guy like Mike or Vinny and whatever, and, you know, Vinny with the pencil thin mustache and the, the voices and all that stereo. They, those three yeah. could have been characters in the Simpsons being stereotypical New Yorkers. <laughs> and it would have been perfect. Good men. All three of them. All three of them. Great guys. Vinny. Yeah. I haven't seen Vinny in a while. Or Mike. I think Mike is gone. Mike is Mike's left. in Florida. Apparently. Oh, would, uh... you know, <laughs> you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, the good men, good men for sure. Um, I guess I, the, here's how I kind of wanted to end out. Um, I have mad respect for 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 Jerry Foley and and talking mm -hmm. to Amy the other day and 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 of course, uh, you know, talking to Rick all the time. Um, and and uh, 
I guess I wanted to finish off by by here's the director. Everyone talks about Hal, and of course they do. Hal is hallowed, uh, yeah. no pun intended. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Hal is just one of the greatest, um, you know, uh, impact players when it comes to direction of, uh, of of any type of show, late night show, a variety show, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but at the end of the day, Pal also, I just find it so amazing um, how when David Letterman started, he surrounded himself with hooligans with no experience and people with massive, massive, massive experience. Guys like Hal Gurney, guys like Jack Rollins, uh, massive mm -hmm. business uh, in, 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 you know, show business experience. And, and he kind of combined it. And then as it went on, you get a guy like Jerry Foley to take over for this legend that is Hal Gurney. And now guys yeah. like me come along and look at Jerry Foley and go, that guy's a legend. Um, mm -hmm. You got to work with a legend for a long, long time and finish the run with Jerry. Um, I just wanted you to, if we, I wanted to finish off today. If you had any words to say about Jerry Foley and then, and then the last show, I wanted to finish on the last show. Um, if that, if that's okay, Tim, and that's where I wanted to go. And that's all I had prepped. Well, I would say uh, about Foley, first of all, He's a good friend, dear friend. I mean, mm. I sat to his right for 20 years and, yep. you know, watched his kids grow up. I watched me watch my kids grow up. Uh, so we've got a real good bond there. Um, he was uh, very good to me and very good to the crew. Um, uh, he always took it. Uh, if anything went wrong on the show, it could have been my mistake or camera guy or graphics or what have you. He would always um, assume the responsibility. He never threw anybody under the bus. Um, so he was very dedicated to the crew. Um, and, uh, you know, funny. Funny, uh, had some great, great lines, made me laugh a lot. I, I think one of my favorite lines where, where uh, I think it was on the show, it was Pierce Bronson that was on this show. Yep. And Dave introduced me, comes walking out, and Foley goes, Kennedy, he looks a little like you. Very little. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah, he's just a, he's a good guy. I don't want to say too much about him because this might get out to him. And, you know, I, last thing I need, there's a lot of bad actors out there. And I think I might be tortured. <laughs> I'm going to be tortured by, the, by by what's going on here. So let's just say um, uh, it was a good 20 years. And uh, I think we'll be friends uh, until we uh, fade the black ourselves. Oh, beautiful. That's not going to say anything else about that. Um, let's go home. <laughs> let's talk about the last show. The last show, in my opinion, the last six weeks of, of, of the late show with David Letterman is the greatest six weeks on te television in any period in history. It's the great, mm -hmm. uh, no offense to Mr. Carson's lead up with the tonight show, but um, you guys absolutely to, to take a, a phrase from Dave blew the roof off the joint uh, or off the, yeah. you guys killed it those last six weeks. How was the, uh, the last show unbelievably emotional as far as I'm concerned, a perfect show, uh, even though behind the scenes and the editing and getting it on the air and all that, there was a little bit of drama, but, the show itself was absolutely perfect. What do you remember from that night? Oh, boy. Um, I remember the after party, which was great. Yeah. Um, at, the, at MoMA. That was a good time. Yep. Uh, you know, I can't remember. I remember the Foo Fighters. I remember the closing credits. The montage? Um, like. Yeah, the montage. Yeah. yeah. I remember that got edited and re-edited. And first yep. it was moving video. Then it just got down to quick shots. Um, yep. uh, and I tell you the truth, Mike, I can't even tell you who was on the last show. <laughs> Other than the Foo Fighters, I, I can't remember who he rolled out. We're jogging my memory. I can't remember. Um, no, no, no. It, it, because there was no guest per se. Uh, right. It was it, the, the the celebrity presence in the very last show was the top ten list. Right. Where you had right. everybody from Tina Fey to Steve Martin. Oh to, right. Uh, right. All of, yeah. Right. So that yes. the, the big star-studded top ten list. But 
no guests. The whole show yeah, was right, right. The top and... ten with the Mannings and yep. I actually got a picture of the audio board that all laid out with the Seinfeld and I think uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus had the funniest line. Once again, I'm on another. She made fun of the last show, like she did. Yeah, that was Mike Drop. Like, that's that, the best one. Right, yeah, that went right out of right out. But yeah, look you at have that. a picture I, of I that. I, I have a picture of the audio board. The because we marked the audio, you know, top ten got ten microphones, so he had the audio board. Kevin Rogers, our audio guy, had the uh, ten, you know, man and man, paint, paint yeah. panning, you know, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, was Chris Rock? Was Chris, Chris Rock, Rock was there, Chris absolutely. Rock. Yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, yeah, had it all uh, lined out. I'll send it to you. Please do. I think we just found yeah. what the thumbnail for this episode is going to be. I think if you send that to me, I think that's going to be the uh, sure the the yeah. picture for this episode. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that was a that was a you know, that top ten list. But again, it goes back to Dave at the desk, just talking mm -hmm. to us, and 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 you know that yep. my favorite segment of 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 Late Show with David Letterman was after you guys got comfortable to that place where you changed it from a. Um, you know, let's play Dave over to the desk to, okay, we're going to do a commercial break and then we're going to have act two where Dave is at the desk already. Uh, mm -hmm. That was my favorite part because you never knew what was yeah. going to happen. And, and, and right. that show was just a lot of that with some clips. Um, the documentary mm -hmm. that, uh, that, that Jay and Walter played. Right. Yes. That, yeah. The back of the, the scenes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Day in the life. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I should have watched the last show before I got on here with you. Oh, <laughs> it was God. So no, long no, no, no. No, no, I but, but okay. Standing invite though. Like, and I mean, I'm saying this to all the guests now, um, if ever a story comes up and there's a story you ever want to tell, like we even just do it in three minutes or whatever, do it in chunks. If ever that happens, you have a venue to do that here, sir. And we're going to collect all these okay. anecdotes because they're, they're just yeah. gold and a lot of people yeah. really appreciate them. Um, Tim, I just, I can't thank you enough for taking time to do this. And, and from the bottom yeah. of my heart as a, a representative of the enthusiast community who loved as the audience who loved what it was that you guys did. Thank you from the bottom of our, all of our collective hearts for everything that you did uh, on late show with David Letterman in your career. It, it, it meant a lot. The show was made with love and, and we're seeing some of the ingredients right here talking to you today. Ah, thank you very much. It's great being here. I, like I said, I was a little apprehensive at the beginning and there are some bad actors out there that might make, torture me with this but uh it was a nice time talking to you nice about bringing back some good old memories I, I get that a lot i get that a lot a lot of folks at first are like hey what's this going to be like and then afterwards it's right. like okay it's good yeah. and no it, it's uh this is a celebration and and that's what yeah. uh that's what it's all about and i think that's what the reaction is going to be uh i'd be very shocked if it's anything other i will say a quick outro here and then we'll say our goodbye sure. privately um you got it yeah thank you tim i just uh this is why we do the show unbelievable episode there um just appreciate tim kennedy so so much for for for, for being on here and, and sharing of his time and of his memory banks uh the letterman <laughs> podcast has one sponsor one sponsor only and it is i can't say it's rupert g in the hello deli anymore i can just say it's rupert g formerly of the hello deli but he still has hello-deli.com if you want to buy the only place you can buy licensed late show with david letterman merchandise hello-deli.com Go get yourself a mug. Go get yourself a shirt um, because it's the only place that you can buy that stuff. Uh, and uh, we love Rupert so much and just hope that his first few weeks of retirement have been really good so far. That has been another episode of the Letterman Podcast with Mike Chisholm. Coincidentally, I am Mike Chisholm. Thank you and good night. Overcoat and underpants.